0: Transitioning accents, transitioning towards dialects and languages incorporated based on our experiences in life as we live in different countries, different cultures, different continents, and are exposed to all of them, even if we haven't lived in them. Now, many people thought that I should have had. The Pakistani English and the Indian English added to the transitioning accents well this is part two we can begin with that Let's see um the Pakistani accent is normally very neutral but sometimes you get to hear the hard retroflexed uh, T and D's and um, it also depends on the region that you are in um, if you're in Karachi side you would normally hear um, a more pseudo-Indian accent. And if you go upper north, you will hear more the Middle Eastern English version. Yeah, oh, right, I kind of got that there. That is the standard Pakistani accent that you get to hear. Um, But if we move towards the Indian accent, obviously, now that is a very distinctive accent, you see, because there you can truly recognize that an Indian is speaking Um, the the classic Indian English if I may say so and you know it is it is a whole English on its own it definitely is it can be categorized the way Bollywood is categorized you know a whole category of its own (laughs) and now we transition towards incorporation of different languages in today's Uh, in our modern um, speech patterns as we know we have incorporated a lot of English into Urdu and a bit of Urdu into English and there is a lot of incorporation of French and uh, German words in English and Persian words as well and obviously Urdu is made up of Persian Turkish Arabic and Sanskrit so there's no surprise there Um, if we did add I mean there's no surprise there that we would start adding English as well in the modern Urdu conversations Um, and then when you have the uh, strange fortune of having lived in various countries uh, or if you've had the very good fortune of being exposed to the different cultures uh, around you and you realize the similarities you tend to incorporate those words more and more even though you may actually never even use those languages in your life but because subconsciously you have picked on them and you have uh, your brain has sort of stored them um, So subconsciously, you have actually learned those languages, even though consciously you need a subtitle for them. And uh, you find yourself looking for words to communicate in one language, and you literally have to pull out different other words from different languages. You have to sift through them just to find the word you're looking for, and then at the end, you just end up with the no. Vocabulary in the language that you're currently communicating in, and this happens a lot uh, with us. Those of us who are multilong you know, parce que nous sommes essentiellement multilong. We, those of us who have uh, who belong to cultures where there are always more than one languages, we are automatically bilingual, and then when we learn global languages we become multilingual so those of us who live in asian countries and african countries <coughs> we are already bilingual so when we start learning international languages or we or if many of uh, many countries have a third language which is usually their official language so when you get to start Um, communicating that, then you automatically become uh, multilingual. And uh, that's very good for your brain and your tongue actually because you get to exercise your tongue a lot. That makes it very flexible and it makes it even more easier to capture more languages or to um, get your accent um, modified whenever needed. And uh, obviously it's good for the brain because Uh, the brain needs to constantly learn and adapt and uh, develop and I think uh, it also shows us how we add to the development of language and maybe into the making of new languages because essentially in a nutshell that's how languages were made you know uh, and that's how new dialects were formed and that's how accents were formed and that's how um, and that's why in different, uh, we, we may notice that in different languages we tend to use the same words or similar words that have the same meanings for example, now in Urdu you have chai, in Punjabi it's cha and then you move on to Korean, Japanese and Chinese and they call it cha so chai, cha, ja, cha. It's really I mean, interesting, isn't it? And it's fun to know. And although um, strangely cha is also used for car in Chinese. and I think also in, in Korean, I forgot. Well. And then we have the most common word hi. So hi hi, I mean that's Japanese, yes. Huh, that's Urdu and Punjabi, yes. But if you um, "hi" in English, that's hello. But there's another "hi" in Urdu and Punjabi, and that is um, similar to the Korean I go So in in Urdu or Punjabi, you will hear mostly words like "hi hi." So "hi hi" is uh, you know an expression of pain or remorse or despair and that's your ego in Korean and one word used so many ways in so many languages it sort of um, reminds me of uh, you see right right now what I'm going through is the exact same thing that I'm telling you about when you're looking for a word in the language that you're communicating in and you can't find it because all the other words that have nothing to do with whatever it is that you were trying to say start swirling in your mind you know and suddenly you will remember the sindhi word kape which has nothing whatsoever to do with what i'm talking about except for the fact that kape is uh, a sindhi word used um, in the sense of you know long live um and you know it's like how in urdu you would say Zindabad. You know, um, and yet instead of looking for the right word um, that could be explained in maybe Japanese or Chinese or Korean, the other word that is in fact just coming to my mind simply because it's very similar to the word kape, although it has no relation to the word whatsoever, that's kambare. <laughs> I mean, kambare is and more in the sense of courage. you know and uh, fighting and it's it's that it has nothing to do with kape (laughs) but when you whenever you think of the word kape for some weird reason you associate it with gambare. you know Um, these are the sort of funny things that go on in one's mind when one is exposed to so many languages at a time Uh, you know it's annawa (laughs) I'm trying really but the word "majale" that that word would come out (laughs) I'm still still trying to sift through all the different words but yeah oh that that reminds me there's another word that that has that same feeling um in Japanese there's a word kizo right which is come and Oddly enough, in Hausa, um, one of the Nigerian regional languages, um, Kizome is also to come. We used to play this game when we were very young, where we would call for this pretty tiny insect that is supposed to stay hidden in the soil and it only shows itself when it's about to rain or something. Maybe, I think if I remember right, and it was called Kurkutu. So it was Kurkutu, Kurkutu, Kizome, Sharua. So whenever I hear the word, Kizome in Japanese, I, for some odd reason, I immediately remember the Hausa word, Kizome, because they both uh, sound the same and they actually mean the same thing. So it really started making me wonder how is it that they share the same word for the same thing? I mean, you've got Africa on one end, you've got Japan on the other end. That's interesting. So, but I, um, I think, despite the fact that we may not utilize most of the languages that we're exposed to in our daily lives, um, but suddenly, sometimes when we're um, having a conversation, these alien words, they incorporate themselves into our speech patterns. And uh, we may come across as show-offs or you know, pretentious jerks, but um, it's actually pretty normal. It's natural. Unless, of course, you are doing it deliberately. But I mean, most of the time we actually feel embarrassed. We're like, my God, I was trying to say this word and this word came out Now somebody's going to ask me, do you know Korean? And I'm going to say, no, I don't really know Korean. And it's like, why the hell did you just say that word then, you know? <laughs> but, but actually, it's not that we don't know these languages, as I said before we have actually learned those languages on a subconscious level. And one of the signs uh, that you've actually learned something is, or a language is uh, when you dream about it. So if you find yourself dreaming in a certain language, um, according to linguists and experts, it means that you have fully um, incorporated that language um, into your, your mind. Um, so, um, this is, in a way this helps when I'm teaching um, my students on um, learning Urdu speech patterns or when I work with uh, English, spoken English sessions. Uh, because I think that's the secret to um, practicing any language is um, Losing that hesitation that we have because essentially that is all it is it's a hesitation and that hesitation comes from the fear of being wrong or from the fear of being uh, mocked and You have to sort of bring that confidence back That it doesn't matter if you speak English wrongly or if you speak Urdu wrongly It's not your language in the first place, you know, at least you're speaking it. I mean How many people can comfortably speak Urdu or Japanese or Korean? You know so why should it be taken for granted that Koreans and Japanese and Chinese and Pakistanis and Indians should speak English perfectly or you know the Germans and French speak English perfectly. The English don't even know how to speak um, Deutsch and they don't know how to speak French even most of the time. I mean they're essentially just a one language um, people. So believe me, they're not going to make fun of you if you try to speak in their language if anything they'll probably just respect you all the more and be impressed and be a little happy because they have no idea that um we're juggling with various languages at a the time they just have one language to work with and only if they choose to do they you know gain knowledge of another language so yeah we we tend to um, make everything into a a complex it's not really um, the fact that I mean see uh, um, a language remains living when it keeps changing and it keeps diversing and it keeps developing that's a living language otherwise it becomes a dead language and the only way that you can keep your language alive is when you add unique patterns to it and make changes to it and these changes are automatically going to occur based on your experiences and based on the environment and based on your exposure and uh, yeah some people may argue that you're offending a language or insulting it when you incorporate other languages and that you can't even complete one sentence um, in that particular language but in a way i think it's it's an, it's not negative it's not offensive it just shows that your brain is ready and that so yeah it may also show that your brain is a little overburdened because it's so busy trying to juggle all the different languages for you but no it also shows that your brain is working it's really working and it's active and it's fine so that and and that it has these various options for you so that if you do forget the vocabulary in one language it can at least help you recover by getting it in another language (laughs) I mean, you know, think of it that way. So, I I think um, the way our lifestyle and our different environments and the different cultures we're exposed to gets reflected in our language says a lot about us, and it uh, it's a positive thing. It's uh, it's something that we should not try to negate, but it's something that we should accept, and we should in fact try to work on, you know, consciously. So subconsciously we've learned a language, we're actually even dreaming in that language. So consciously maybe, why not let a few words pour out? You know, I it, it doesn't matter. So, well, that is it for now. I hope you enjoyed the transitioning accents and the various dialects and Although, I did try to stick more to English to make it a little, you know, but, you know, Selabi, whenever Kadikadar to go the line, the, the beauty of uh, Punjabi right there, you you sort of don't uh, realize the beauty of Punjabi, uh, it being one of the oldest literary languages in the world, um, you usually tend to think that you cannot speak Punjabi or will not speak Punjabi or cannot speak Punjabi uh, until you've grown up. It's in, in lore especially, um, when you start speaking Punjabi, it's as if you've officially graduated, you've become an adult. Now's the time to get your license. Yes. <laughs> These are the quirks, you know. Um, I think one of the reasons also why, despite the fact that our languages sound completely different from each other generally, the reasons why we can find so many similarities is because um, essentially somewhere way back, um, there is a part of our cultures that we all share I'm talking from all the way from China and Japan down here to uh, Nepal all the way yes to Pakistan India Nepal all the side, you Bangladesh even we, we all have a lot of things that if you go into those really trivia you know you find that oh my god we share this too we share this too yeah yeah, yeah we, we tend to speak like this too We have these similar expressions, we have these mahavres, you know, these idioms and we have these proverbial expressions, yes, we tend to do that and I guess that's one of the reasons um, how you find it very easy then to understand the language and to incorporate it and then it becomes just the norm, so just go with the flow and enjoy it and have fun. So what if you start in English and then move on to Urdu and then beach mein Punjabi bi hai, beach mein French bi aasakti hai Yeah, who knows? It doesn't matter. As long as you're getting your point across. So, thank you everybody Kumawa and uh, Shukriya. Alvida Khuda hafiz. Bye-bye. Oh, and by the way, Kappe in Japanese, Banzai. In Korean, Mansai. You know, it's it's uh, like the, it probably originated from the Chinese or ancient China. On the record, it's said to originate from there in the sense of Uh, 10,000 years, which is roughly translated as long live. Um, So, well, there you have it. Now, cheers, or should we say... Kanbei or "kampai"? Well, in any case, adios, and till we meet again. Side note, cheers, as in bye-bye. That's not "kampai" or Kanbei obviously but just in case I needed to clarify